Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 6. Glory to you, Lord. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they uh, exclude you, revile you, and defame you on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is when their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Grace, Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Billy was not a high-standing man according to the world. In fact, he was a low man in the world. Billy was not a holy man, not a defender of the poor. He was not a figure of deep wisdom. In fact, besides a garbage bag full of clothes and a pack of cigarettes, he had nothing else in this world. He was one of the poor. He would come to the church at first, during the weekly Wednesday night dinners, he would grab a plate of food, eat it, and then leave. Eventually, his weekly evening visits would turn into occasional morning visit for some coffee. And then soon, he was coming almost every day for some coffee and a bowl of cereal. Not too many people outside the pastor could understand what Billy was saying. His speech was usually mumbled and incoherent. He wore many of the same clothes and did not shower very often. He spent his time walking around the neighborhood trying to interact with people. He did not have much family in the area, and the, fam the ones that were in the area he could not trust. Then Billy came to the church one day, crying. He said he was getting kicked out of his apartment. He did not know where to go. So the pastor went with Billy and packed him up, got him out of his two-room apartment and into a homeless shelter, who eventually helped him get into assisted living facility. Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Martha was a member of St. Peter's Lutheran Church for almost 52 years. She and her husband, Tom, joined the church a few years before they were married. For their 50th wedding anniversary, her children found the pastor who married them, and he came to celebrate with them and said a blessing over their meal. 
Memories of the party flooded Martha as the doctors were telling her that it was time to remove life support from her husband. She thought back to the party and remembered looking into his eyes that night, falling in love with him all over again after 50 years of marriage. She did not hear of much what the doctor said. She knew deep down inside that removing life support was the best thing to do. She spent the next few hours saying goodbye to her only love. Her children said goodbye, and they all gathered hands together. With tears in their eyes, they heard the words from Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Their pastor prays for them. And then there is silence as the doctors move life support, and Tom takes his last breath. Jesus says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. As a young boy, Martin loved sports, especially football. He would play in his backyard with his brother from fall right into winter to spring. He loved playing football in the winter because his parents would let him and his brother tackle one another because they would fall into the snow. Martin was bigger than his peers, and he would constantly get asked, Are you going to play football when you get older? He would light up inside and say, Yes, I am. And in his own mind, he was going to be the all-star running back or linebacker. But when it came time for tryouts, the first year tackle football, he was put on the offensive line. He thought, There was no glory in the offensive line. Your pitcher's not going to get in the paper, and people are not going to remember your name. But regardless, he loved playing football, and he loved the contact that he made with, with um, the other boys, and his mission was to never let a defensive player tackle his quarterback. He was so good, in fact, that he played both offensive and defensive line, and, and he liked that. He started every game until he was 16 years old. His football coach expected him to come into the weight room every day and work out for the summer, during the summer. His coach had big plans for him, and it was his coach who was disappointed to hear that he would not be in town over the summer, but he was going to be a counselor at a Christian summer camp. That was something that Martin thought God was calling him to do. And you know what? Martin loved summer camp. He spent the summer outdoors all the time, running around, chasing after kids. He even found a buddy to work out with on occasion. He swam in the lake almost every day, and he felt like he was doing a good job keeping in shape. About halfway through camp, he realized that he was going to miss the last week of camp because that's when uh, football training camp started. He made the decision, though, to stay at camp and miss the first week of football. When he got back to his high school, he was made fun of because he was at Bible camp all summer. He came back with a nice tan, and that's all the guys kept saying to him. No one understood what he experienced, especially the new insights that he had on his faith or the Bible. And no one could relate to him, no matter how hard he tried to explain. He also lost his starting job on the team the first week of the season because he missed a week of training camp. Martin did what he felt was the right thing to do, what God was calling him to do, and yet... He was still punished for it. 
Jesus said, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for, your, for surely your reward is great in heaven. Martin and Martha and Billy lived a life that God called them to. They experienced hardships in their life. And some of you might be able to relate to some of those experiences. This past week, the Tuesday morning Bible study group asked me, what is a saint? We talk about saints in church all the time. Martin Luther said we were both at the same time saints and sinners. We worship this morning here at St. Mark's Lutheran Church. So what is a saint? A saint is someone who knows emptiness. Someone who needs no pretense or deceit. Someone whose heart allows God to be present in a startling way. It's not just the pure and holy and wise and profound who are saints. It is the everyday people of this world who are saints. It is the billies of this world. When you look into his eyes, you see the pain that he experiences on a daily basis. You see the desperate need that he has in his life. So desperate that he relies on sometimes total strangers for help. It is the Marthas of this world who live a good life. When you look into her eyes, you can see the love. The love for family, love for friends, and love for God. You see the love and the way that she lives her life, even in the most difficult times. It is the Martins of this world who try and do the right thing. When you look into his eyes, you see compassion, dedication, and trust. You see someone who gives you the benefit of the doubt. Even when things don't work out, he still trusts you because he first trusts God. Author and theologian Frederick Buechner writes in his book, Wishful Thinking, in his holy flirtation with the world, God sometimes drops a handkerchief. And those handkerchiefs are called saints. Holy flirtation. Our world sometimes seems to be on hyper speed. There's no time for anything. There's no time for even that delicate give and take of getting to know someone. Getting to know who they are and who God creates them to be. We are too quick to judge sometimes. We are too quick to be unforgiving. We are too quick to cast God aside in this world. There is no holy flirtation. Because of this, it is easy then to miss God because God comes to us in the mystery over time in a holy flirtation with the world. The way we will know God is to let time stop, not to be in a hurry, and to learn from the person sitting next to us. When we are able to do that, we come to know a variety of saints. In our younger days, we respect and honor only one sort of person, perhaps our parents. But as we grow older, that might expand to our neighbor, to our teachers. And then we begin to realize that other people, different from us, are not strangers, but are saints. We may even get to know some of the famous saints among us. And it is easy to recognize some of these famous saints. But they are not the only saints in the world, too. They're everyday saints around us. 
And the light shines through them as well. The light shines through them to what they love. So we can see the beauty of the world around us. Saints are the people the light shines through. Blessed are the saints. Today is the day when we remember the saints before us. The saints that we remember are not just the stars, not just those who works outshine the rest. Those saints are everyday folks, folks with whom the light shines through. The light goes right through them to what they love so that we can see its beauty. The saints among us are the poor, those who mourn, those who hunger and thirst, the meek and the peacemakers. The incredible truth on All Saints Day is that every one of us baptized persons is a saint in the eyes of God. We are witness to this day as we uh, remember our baptism, as we welcome a new family into our congregation. God chooses us. God claims us to be vessels through whom the light shines through our baptism. Because in baptism, we are simply not freed from death, but we are freed for something. We are freed to do something, and that is to serve God by serving the world, both in a holy life and in holy death. We do this not out of fear or obligation, but we do this out of sheer joy. Joy because we know that God loved us even before we knew enough to love Him in return. That God gives us this gift of baptism, this gift of freedom, this gift of life. The gift to be saints to the world through the life of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.